What makes a product sustainable? And what's the easiest way to assess and prove your sustainability credentials to your customers? It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here for such an exciting, cool episode. I've got a brilliant guest and we are tackling a topic which should be high on the strategic list of every e-commerce retailer out there. So that's all of your lists for 2022. And the even better thing is what we're talking about today, my guest is going to explain a technique uh, or his software really, which you can use to make this one whole chunk of your sustainability strategy so much easier to do. Okay, so the word sustainable gets used loads at the moment. We use it a lot on this podcast, but what does it actually mean? What does it take to really be sustainable, to really make sure your products are sustainable? Today's guest unveiled software at CES in January that rapidly and cost-effectively evaluates the environmental impact of consumer products at a global scale. So I figured he'd be a good person to discuss what sustainable really means for all of us, give us a bit of a definition we could news going forwards, and also to get into what the benefits of shouting about your sustainability credentials really are. Please do listen right to the end, because after the top tips, you will find out just how easy it is and how low cost it can be to have the sustainability score of all your products researched and provided back to you, both in a format you can easily use across your website and marketing to encourage consumers to check out and buy from you, and with an in-depth report to help you become even more sustainable in the future. And this, I say easy and low cost, even if you are a one-person startup, this is within your budget, trust me. And it's going to save you so much time and effort and help you focus in the right places too. It's a no-brainer. I'm going to say that word far too much in this episode. Before we get into all this very cool stuff, please do check out our sponsors. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Polly. I'm focused on our strategy and innovation in the CX department here at Princess Polly. I have a quote and I always tell our CX leaders that customer experience is the heart of an organization and we pump the blood and deliver the oxygen to the vital organs in the business to help them thrive and grow stronger. The gorgeous platform allows our agents a seamless place to just do it all. We are really there for the customer every step of the way if they want. Our customers expect quality and efficiency where they are. So the real question is, how do you get quality and efficiency across every single platform? And then once you have it, how do you maintain it? And I believe that with the Gorgeous platform, we can do that. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Austin Sims is the co-founder and COO at Dayrise, a business which exists to help businesses and consumers bring consumption within planetary boundaries, and whose software is already being used by over 500 businesses, including Foot Locker. Before co-founding Dayrise, Austin has held senior marketing positions at multiple big brand consumer businesses like Nike, Philips and Brooks Running. Hello, Austin. Hi, Chloe. How are you? I'm good and I'm I'm excited to have someone on the podcast to talk about kind of this whole what is sustainable, what does it actually mean? 
but who's coming at it from such a practical e-commerce and consumerism focused angle. You know, you're like the perfect guest for this topic. So thank you for agreeing to come on and talk about it. Um, we're going to get into all of that in a moment. But first of all, what led you to switch from kind of big brand marketing into founding your tech startup Dayrise? Yeah, I, th- I think I think like most startups, uh, I think you start up trying to solve a problem for yourself that, that no one else has, has solved. Um, so I was actually... I was actually on holiday with uh, one of my co-founders and our children were swimming in the swimming pool and they had this big floating device, which I think was a unicorn, and they were playing with it and we got into a a really big debate about whether that was a sustainable purchase or not. Um, And that debate raged on for a couple of days, I think. Um, And I think where we got to was that we didn't know and that we were both had our own points of view, but we weren't debating any facts and so we, we pretty quickly sort of followed that path and followed that thread and got to, you know, it's 2022 and yet when we shop for any product, any consumer product, there's nothing on the labelling or any information that actually tells us how sustainable that product is and enables us to compare it, which is, which is pretty crazy. And we always compare it to nutritional labelling on the back of food that's been with us for 20 years that helps us make better decisions. And so that, that was the, that's what we wanted to solve. Um, so, and then we went one step further and realised the reason why there's no information for consumers to make better decisions is because most businesses don't understand the impact of their products because to really understand the impact of a product, it's, it's really complex uh, and it's time-consuming. So the, the industry standard for it is quite, quite um, manual um, and quite expensive, so it sort of costs upwards of $30,000 to actually understand the impact of a singular product and takes months to complete. So we we um, we set out to solve that. Uh, and so we we got 20 of the, the world's best sustainability experts um, and developers. And for two years, we've developed a technology that can rapidly tell you the sustainability of, of any consumer product. So n- now we've developed something that can actually bring that level of transparency. So so to answer your original question, Clay, it was, it was more to, to solve an itch that we had. Um, we realised that we wanted to shop better, particularly with young kids and, and wanting to do something for the planet but wanted to solve a bigger problem. And that's about bringing that level of transparency to both businesses and consumers. And so far with the, you know, the 500 businesses you've got signed up, are they signing up because they want, you know, is their primary reason that they want to prove their products are sustainable or that they want to understand how sustainable their products are in order to do better in the future? Because I figure your, your software could be used for both use cases. Yeah, and and it and it is used for both. I, th- I think the great thing is most businesses, and certainly the ones that we're talking to, large and small, are trying to understand their sustainability and become better. I think there's a there's a there's a desire to change. Um, I think part of that is to do with consumer demand um, and just the overriding atmosphere of people wanting to do better. Part of it is increasing legislation. I think a, a lot of it's also led um, from employees joining the company and, and sort of wanting to understand what the values are of that company and, and what they're doing to contribute towards sustainability. So there's an appetite for it um, for, for most companies. I would say there's a mix of both. Um, some companies just want to understand it and get that level of transparency. Um, and, and some are looking for, for, for that, that, that stamp, um, that independent verification of their credibility. Um, because there is 
certainly a lot, of, I would say for a lot of the smaller brands that we work with, that I think are born of sustainability and are created um, uh, sort of from the world of sustainability. They're really looking for that validation because they see the bigger brands potentially greenwashing um, and, and therefore they get frustrated by that. So they're looking for that stamp. But we also deal with a lot of bigger brands that, that, that don't have sustainability at their core. And I think for them, it, it really is just bringing that level of transparency because, you know, you can't change what you can't measure. Um, and we, we, we've got a quite a rigorous scoring system and we, we do judge brands um, quite meticulously in terms of what their score is. And I think we, what, what, what the good thing is that when we do go back to a brand and, and tell them their score and, and sort of how they went, what they're really interested in is the report. And, we, and every brand gets a really detailed report about what they're doing well uh, and what they what they could improve, uh, and that gives them a path to how they can become more sustainable. Yeah, it's all about that room for improvement, isn't it? Where how can we how can we take some leaps forward? But I want to get in before we get totally into your scoring system, which I suspect we're going to, <laughs> which possibly is the answer to my next question. When I was changing the direction of this podcast and adding the net zero commitment and helping people on the path to net zero into it, one of the reasons I went for net zero was because it's you know, net zero is net zero. It's quite, it's easier to calculate the carbon piece than it is the full sustainability piece. Because I think we use this term sustainable a lot, but people aren't so sure on what the actual definition of it is. And obviously you've just spent a couple of years with 20 world leading experts around the subject, trying to define or defining um, sustainability to get it to that scoring system. So Austin, what is a sustainable product? What makes a product sustainable? Well, it's it's complex. So, um, so, so net zero is a great example. So, ca- carbon is is a really good measure uh, in terms of uh, wh- whether a product is sustainable or not. But but the reality is, it's it's only one of, uh, of of many measures that make up sustainable. I mean, you you can have a a product that is carbon neutral, um, but contributes to deforestation or uses slave labour. They really need to look at it uh, in its totality, and that is across a, a range of different dimensions. And, and in fact, our our measurement actually looks at sustainability in terms of environment, but it also looks at sustainability um, in terms of the, the workforce that you're using as well. So it is it is complex because there's multi dimensions. Um, and so our, our actual scoring. So I, I will jump into it because it's probably the best answer to the question. Yeah. Actually, assesses the sustainability of a product across five dimensions. Which is which is climate impact, which is mostly around carbon. So, what are the greenhouse gases that a product uses to actually be produced and get delivered to your front doorstep? And that that's a really important measure. But it also looks at the biodiversity impact. So, how much water is used to, and how is it actually impacting the biodiversity that uh, around where the product is actually made? Um, we look at circularity, um, and and really we want to get to a circular economy where we are reusing products, um, and there's and there's no low, low waste in the in the whole cycle. So we're looking at the way the product is made. So what what recyclable or recycled materials are used to make the product, but as importantly, like how can that product be used end of life, and can it be recycled and reused as well? Then then we look at the livelihoods and wellbeing, and I, and I talked a moment ago that we don't just look at the environmental impact, but we look at the social impact as well, which is equally as important. So through the supply chain, how are people actually treated and how is that product made? And, and the last thing we look at is actually the purpose. 
So you could actually have a, a product that's incredibly environmentally well-made but actually doesn't really have a role. Like there isn't a, a real role for it. So we're using the Earth's resources for something that really shouldn't be made. So we, we look at across it across those five dimensions. Um, what I would say, we, we've done the hard work in terms of the complexity of the technology that we've, we've built. Um, and, and so that it's actually quite simple for brands to interact with that. Obviously, they get a really great detailed report that tells them how they're doing across all those dimensions. But what is really important to, to go back to your original question is that we're measuring the sustainability across all these dimensions and not just on a single dimension because you can be really good on one dimension but really bad on another and therefore that product isn't sustainable. It's important that we measure everything that comes to the impact of a product. I think that's, you've just kind of, as well as doing a very good answer of my question of what makes a product sustainable, you've also kind of outlined what is the the core challenge with all of this, I think, both as a business owner producing products and as a consumer buying products, it's the complexity of working out how to do the right thing, you know, with your money, with your product dev, because it is, it, it's, when you're trying to do it yourself, it's so complicated. You've got to become an expert in the climate impact, an ex expert in the biodiversity of your product or the product you're buying. You've got to become an expert in circularity, an expert in social, in purpose and all the rest of it. And there's all these different threads to pull together. And I think that's that's what the Dayrise system is, is going to make, hopefully make such a big step change in both business and consumer behavior is that it, it's drilled it down to some numbers, things we can understand um, which will fast track that decision-making process both internally and for our customers. Absolutely. I think um, I think it's very easy to put this in the too hard basket. I would say from, from what we know in the research that we've done is most people want to shop more sustainably. Most people understand that we need to change what, what we're doing. Um, but there's, a, there's a, a lag in terms of the effort that's going behind that. So there's an intent to shop more sustainably, but not as many people are doing as they would like. And that's because it's really difficult. It's, it's really hard. Like, how do you actually know what is sustainable when you go shopping, given the, the fact that there's a lot of misleading claims out there? Some of them actually contradict each other. Um, so it's really, really hard, hard to understand what is sustainable. So that's, that's what we set out to solve for, because most sustainability claims are done by the brands themselves. Uh, and therefore they're not independently verified. Um, there is a lot of greenwashing. And I would say with greenwashing, some of it is mischievous uh, and, and deliberate, but also some of it is just um, through lack of knowledge. And, and that's why we're trying to solve it on both parts. We are giving the businesses a really clear and detailed breakdown of their impact so they can understand it where they're doing well and, and where they can improve and, and simple actions about how they can improve. And then we give them also very simple tools that consumers can understand so they can actually tell their sustainability story. And as you say, we break all that complexity down into very simple numbers and, and details that consumers can very easily understand. As the listeners know, I am as much a, a, a fan, as much a hater. I'm not sure whether, sure whether positive or negative works here, but I, I, I you know, I, like you, I'm not a fan of green greenwashing, but I know a lot of people are doing it by accident. But I also know a lot of people because of their scared of being seen as greenwashing are green hushing and aren't shouting about the things they should be doing. And, you know, like re the recent stats that Clavio, um, a Clavio report put out earlier this year was that 89% of consumers are saying that sustainability is important to them, but only 27%, so 89% say they want to be sustainable, 27% are, are only managing to buy sustainably. And I think that's partly because we're not 
as retailers, we are not giving them the right products, but it's also because we're not helping them make these decisions. And that's partly because we're not shouting about it. And I, I really hope that as businesses adopt your you know, system of classification of sustainability, it enables more of those, what is it, um, 62% of consumers who aren't able to spend where they want to spend because they can't find it to find it. Totally. And I think the other thing that you touched on there is there's a, there is a mentality that if I'm not doing everything to be sustainable, then I'm doing nothing and it's not worth it. So to be sustainable, I need to change everything in my lifestyle to actually become more sustainable. And, and, and that's not true. It really is about making simple changes to your lifestyle to, to be more sustainable. No, no one expects us all to be able to change our lifestyles overnight. So what, we want, what we're doing is just saying there's a, a very simple path just by shopping more sustainably can have a massive impact on the environment. You know, up to 60% of our impact as consumers comes from what we buy and our purchase cycle. So um, it's a really important step that we can make just by buying better. But it's hard, as we talked about, in the absence of very clear information, you know, it's very hard to put pressure on consumers to actually do that. And so we, we're all about positivity. We're all about being solutions-based. Um, guilt is not a great motivator for people. So our, all we're doing is providing transparency to business and transparency to consumers so that both can actually live within planetary boundaries. And Austin, as a past retail marketer and um, working now with 500 brands to help them implement this, are there any particularly interesting ways you've seen the brands you work with go about getting the message over to their customers to help the customer buy more sustainability? sustainably even yeah i think the, i think the, the great thing with the customers and how they've used the tools is just using it for that validation and we, we work with a lot of brands that are mostly in the direct-to-consumer channel so i think them being able to, to to use this on their on their websites has been the most way that they're using it so through their usual channels whether it's social um you know the emails but mostly on their website just having that extra layer of information has been amazing for brands just to have that level of, you know, that more information, something that can, they can be proud about to, to, to validate, validate their terms. So um, it's more just been in, through their sort of e-commerce websites uh, and a little bit through their social channels that they've been able to really amplify their, their messaging, which is something that they've really embraced. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Are you confused about choosing the right platform and hosting option to launch your online store or to speed up and streamline your existing business? 
I've always used WordPress and WooCommerce for my projects. And last year, I moved my hosting to the super fast solution Cloudways. The Cloudways team have now made it even easier to set up a new WooCommerce site from scratch with their all-in-one solution, the Cloudways Starter Bundle. The Cloudways Starter Bundle offers all the essential plugins and tools to run your store smoothly from day one. It really does make launching a new WooCommerce site super fast and super easy so you can focus on your product content and marketing. Plus, the Cloudways Starter Bundle is backed by fast hosting, lightning fast 24-7 support, and it's on a platform that makes it all really easy for anyone to manage. Go to cloudways.com slash masterplan today to get up to two months of free hosting worth $25 using the promo code masterplan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Austin, are you ready for the top tips? Shoot, go for it. Okay, so the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? As, as a company and personally, we, we really believe in the power of the human race to actually change what we're doing. Um, with, the, with the right tools and the right level of transparency, we, we really think that we can make a difference. So um, the book that I've read, that's, that's not a new book, but I hope everyone gets to read it, is um, Humankind, A Hopeful History by Woodke Bregman, who's actually a, a Dutch author, which puts a, a spin on the history of the human race and how really we are positive, solutions-based, community-based. Um, and then when we put our mind to something, um, we can really come together as a community to, to make change. So it was a really positive book for me and I think a really good signal about something like sustainability, whereas if we all come together, we can actually make a, a big impact. I love that recommendation. I've I have found since since my kind of weekend of torturous oh my god the world is ending um i found it there's an awful lot of books about sustainability and saving the planet that are incredibly optimistic and give you so many good ideas for how to actually make a difference and i'm adding that one to my list um i will be purchasing it shortly and having a read so thank you thank you for that tip austin um the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves um, well, I'm I'm old school on this, and, and coming from my days at Nike, uh, I'm I'm really into brand marketing and storytelling. Uh, and I know there's obviously a big focus on performance marketing, um, which is really impactful, um, um, but very transactional. And to set up an enduring brand, um, we we we're at our best. Well, humans, we we respond to storytelling, um, and and it enables you to get your message across and obviously create longer-term engagement. So I, I know there's been maybe an over um, shift towards performance marketing, um, but getting that balance right between performance marketing but, but making sure that you're differentiating yourself through your brand marketing and storytelling, we, we can't forget about that. That, that. That's core and that that really builds to long, long-term, a long-term brand that can exist over a number of decades rather than just a number of years. It's interesting. I think personally, I think 2022 is going to be a year where creative overtakes um, kind of the transactional algorithm-based stuff again, because it, seem, it seems like with the, you know, with the death of cookies and the increased competition and consumer 
uh, buying habit changes, that the story and the need for powerful creative across all the marketing channels is coming back. So, so I'm I'm seconding your uh, <laughs> your brand and story recommendation there. But this is at, good. Look, look at all that you talk about. I mean, I know you talk about it a lot in your podcast, but you know, with these amazing tools like Shopify that enable anyone to have an amazing mm. e-commerce platform. It's really hard to differentiate that through that. So. How, you know, technology is really hard to differentiate through now. So you really need to find a way to, to stand out as a brand and you need to find that core and that story that really can engage consumers and make sure you tell it. So true. Um, okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Um, I mean, I don't have a unique answer on this, um, but what, what we did recently, uh, so we, we, we're two and a half years old uh, as a startup. So it took us two years to develop the technology we've been um, operating for, for, for six months in terms of um, commercially. And we, we made a, a real change recently to just restructure the whole team. So in terms of a way of working, we were in, you know, there's, there's, there's 23 in our, people, uh, in our team, so it's not huge, but it's big enough. And we were in a very traditional corporate structure um, and we were just a bit stuck, which for a startup is not a great place to be. So we just re-engineered the whole team and, and turned them into squads. So we have no structural reporting anymore. It's all project-based. We just work on projects and we call those projects, or we put those projects in squads and they have a month, they have monthly objectives uh, and it's just we've been able to move at lightning speed as a result because everyone feels super accountable. Everyone's very, very clear on what they deliver. Um, and how that works into the bigger picture. So that's just created a whole different team dynamic. And now we've got all these very interesting cross-functional teams that have very specific deliverables on a monthly basis, which has just made our company move so much faster. I love that tip. So often I think people just don't consider team structure as an important thing to tweak and change and improve. And and as you've just outlined, it can make a huge difference to what actually gets achieved. Totally. Um Okay, Austin, the last one, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Well, my, I have an obvious answer for this, which is bring a level of sustainability um, communication to, to your communication to them. I, I really think there's a, well, we know there's a thirst for this from consumers. I mean, the stats you gave before about 89% of people try and become more sustainable. There's a real path here to become a market leader and, and really differentiate yourself in the market by telling this story on your on your website. And again, I don't think consumers are looking for the perfect product. They're just looking for the information so they can make a better decision. And, and, and that's what we provide is just that layer of information. We can rapidly assess any consumer product. I, I would say we've made the technology that we've built makes it accessible for any business. So large or small, we we can give you it's it's a um, it's an automatic analysis based on the data collection that we collect. Uh, and it only costs 60 euros a product per year. So it's really affordable. We deliberately priced it so that we can um, appeal to small brands and big brands. And we have both. We've got Foot Locker, which you mentioned, but we've also got small small brands as well. So I think, you know, bringing that extra level of storytelling and bringing that level of transparency in terms of sustainability onto your e-commerce platform is a great way to create um, growth in sales and I think loyalty as well. I'm so glad you mentioned how accessible your software is because or your solution is, because I, I think a lot of people are assuming, yeah, he said at the beginning that this has sped it up and made it cheaper, but I bet it's still in the four figures. 
it's not everyone <laughs> unless you've got too many products um it's down it's down very very affordable even for a startup to get this kind of um this trust stamp on their products for their sustainability um austin we've got we've got time right now for you to be able to tell people both where they can go to to embrace uh, your sustainability scores and get them into their business, but also how the kind of a little bit about how the process works when they're working with you, if you like. Yeah, maybe I'll start with the second part first and talk about that. Yeah. So the technology that we've built is twofold. Uh, so the first thing that we do to measure an impact of the product is we need to collect information about that product. So we do work with the brands to collect that, but there's quite a lot of information that we need. There's about 50 different points of data. And I think that's where a lot of assessments fall down um, because a lot of brands don't have that visibility. They don't have that data. So that's the first bit of technology that we have where we use um, artificial intelligence and machine learning along with third-party databases and our own database, which is growing, to fill those gaps. So if brands are missing certain information, we can, by the information that they do provide us, we can estimate with a high degree of accuracy, you know, filling those data, data points so we can actually build a really clear picture of that product. So that's that's the first thing that we do is actually complete the picture of that product using the technology that we have. Then, then our algorithm takes over and, and actually um, runs that, that information through the five dimensions of sustainability that I talked about before. Um, so it's a very detailed analysis. And out of that, comes this detailed report that I spoke about. So every every brand, um, for just for 60 euros for every single product, gets a detailed report that gives them their breakdown of impact across those five dimensions and what they can do to improve it. So there's a great report that gives them transparency. Uh, the other thing that they get, we've talked about it in terms of the consumer tools, is uh, each product is given a day rise score out of 100. So very simple for consumers to understand. How does this product perform out of 100? And then you get the breakdown of that score across the five dimensions. So across ecosystem impact, climate impact, et cetera, et cetera. So you can really tell a detailed product. Um, we then tell, uh, the other thing we do is show you how much that product saves versus a regular product. And, and when I say saves, I mean saves in terms of its carbon usage and in terms of its water usage. So that's a great way for you to advertise your product to show how it performs better than a standard product to help consumers buy it. And then the third thing um, is it actually tells you how much of that product goes towards your planetary budget each year. Um, and so I don't think a lot of people know this, um, is, but each of us have a, a budget, a planetary budget, a resource budget that we can use every year. Uh, and most of us know Earth Overshoot Day, which happens earlier and earlier each year. And that's when we use um, the world's resources for that year to, to operate comfortably within the Earth's resources. Um, again, it's very hard for people to live within their planetary budget if you don't give them that information. So we actually can tell you how much of your annual planetary budget that product uses so you can actually start to understand the impact that you're making and start to change your, your habits. So, again, we give a very detailed report to businesses, but these very, very clear and simple tools for, for consumers to understand as well. And, and then in terms of where to find us, uh, best to check us out on our website, which is dayrise.io, which is with dayrise with a Z, so D-A-Y-R-I-Z-E um, dot I-O, or just email me at austin at dayrise.com. Perfect. Thank you, Austin. I hope you're going to get a flurry of contacts from everyone listening to this podcast, because I think this is something which is so cost effective and such a no brainer to, you know, to improve your marketing and to take those fantastic reports you send back to the merchants to then improve your product as well. It's just, 
it's a no-brainer from me. So um, so go on, everybody, get your day rise on. Um, Austin, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It has been fascinating chatting with you and um, and I, I just love what you're doing to help the industry. Thanks, Chloe. Thanks for your time. A no-brainer, guys. Consumers want to buy more sustainability. That Clavio data, 89% of consumers feel like they're they're being sustainable, like they want to be sustainable, but only 27% of them are able to put their money where their mouth is because we are not doing a good enough job of persuading them and helping them to make the decisions for better, more sustainable products. So this tool, the Dayrise tool, I think is not a no-brainer. You can spend a lot of time faffing around trying to calculate all this yourself, trying to work out where the quick improvements are to make your products more sustainable. Um, On all those five different measures he was talking about around the climate impact, the biodiversity impact, the circularity, the social people impact and the purpose impact, you can try and do all that yourself manually. I think Austin's Austin said that main you know big businesses are spending months, if not years, on trying to analyze this, and up to thirty thousand dollars per product to work it out. And the Dayrise tool is going to do it all pretty quickly for you, and for just sixty dollars, sixty euros per year per product. Okay, so just sixty dollars, sixty euros per year per product to get this stuff done. And that gives you all the stuff you need to help the consumer make better decisions and to use across your marketing. It also gives you those in-depth reports of where you've scored what and ways in which you can go about improving the product in the future. It's a no-brainer. Let's face it, most of you are spending more than it would cost to get your entire product set done on Facebook ads each month. And this is something which is going to work for you for the whole year and have a really positive impact on bringing the consumers to you and helping them make the right decision and check out. And it's good for the planet as well. I love this. That's why I invited Austin on. That's why I wanted him to talk to you about all of it. And for those of you who are going, but what does sustainability mean? Obviously, those five angles that he talked about are the different things you need to be taking into account if you want to claim you have a sustainable business, you have um, a sustainable product. But please also remember that this is a journey for all of us. So start shouting about the good things you're already doing and make moves to fix the things you could do better. Okay, Chloe, that's enough of Chloe ranting about how awesome I think all of this is. Oh, and I should also say, if any of you, those of you, because more than one of you is going to do this, those of you who do bring the day rise scoring into your business, I would love to hear how it goes, how you use it to improve consumer purchases and to increase your sales. So do get in contact with me and tell me how it's gone, especially if you want to come on the podcast, but you're welcome to just tell me without having to come on the podcast because I know some of you really don't want to do that. Uh, But those of you who want to come on and talk about it, let me know. Right, rant over. Uh, To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've talked about, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. So those who are on the email list have already heard about Dayrise and some of you probably already put it in place because I included it in our newsletter the week after we recorded this episode. So you can get a bit ahead of the game sometimes if you're signed up to our email list. 
Phew. Well, look, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode that you do of the e-commerce master plan podcast. We are here bringing you a new interview every week to inspire you and to help you succeed and thrive with your business, both in terms of the success of your business and in terms of helping us all get the planet towards a net zero perspective and um, doing all those great sustainability things. If you know someone else we can help, please do tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and do not forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.